What's up, coaches? We are really excited that the paperwork is officially in, and we can finally announce that we are now sponsored by Amazon's audiobook website, Audible. Audible has worked with us and is giving our listeners one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. They will give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign up, and every month after you get one audiobook credit for $14.95 a month. However, you can cancel at any time in the first month and still get to keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches, like Bill Walsh's The Score Takes Care of Itself, Urban Meyer's Above the Line, Alex Kirby's The Big Book of Belichick, Tony Dungy's Uncommon, and many other big-name titles. Me and Walls are both getting signed up for Audible, and we'll keep you guys updated on the books we're listening to. Again, go to rtpbook.com to get your free audiobook and a month subscription that you can cancel at any time. That's rtpbook.com. We now have two designs available at our RTP store, uh, available as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. Our newest design is a cardboard sign that has Will Block for Food and Sharpie lettering inspired by my days in Houston. Check out our store under the store tab at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of Run the Power, we talk with Jake Corbin, head coach at Choctaw High School in Choctaw, Oklahoma. Coach Corbin has been a head coach at three schools in Oklahoma, Sapalpa, Dell City, and Choctaw. Prior to being a head coach, Coach Corbin garnered experience at all levels of football, working his way up from an eighth grade head coach to coaching varsity football at successful programs like Tulsa Union and Broken Arrow High School. Listen to us talk to Coach Corbin about the gold standard of Choctaw football, leaving the private sector for a career in teaching and coaching, and managing all aspects of a high school football program. You can follow Coach Corbin on Twitter, at Jake Corbin, and at Yellow Jackets FB. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, well, Coach, it's good to have you on. Um, why don't you just give us a little bit of a background or kind of tell us now you're the, you're the head coach at Choctaw, just kind of uh, how you worked your way from, from your playing days up to an assistant coach. You were at Broken Arrow uh, before I got there, and you were there, I believe, with Walls and then um, got a, a head coaching job uh, at a few different schools and now over at Choctaw. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of a – you know, kind of weird how, how I kind of got into coaching. And, um, you know, I, I got out of school and maybe like some people in college, I, I didn't really know, you know, exactly what what I wanted to do. And I actually got into mortgage banking when I got out of school was making some decent money and, you know, feeling okay. And I was, I was young, and, but I didn't really feel fulfilled uh, with what I was doing in life. And I, I got asked a question one day, literally changed my life. Uh, it was just one question was, what would you do if you won the lottery? You know, meaning, you know, you know, you're going to do something during the day to occupy your time. So what would you do if you won the lottery and, and you know, and you weren't worried about money? And I was like, well, that's easy. I'd, I'd coach high school football. Um, and, you know, and it just kind of, it was that light bulb moment. And literally the next day I went and got you know, alternatively certified to teach. And, you know, about four months later, I was, 
was a head eighth grade coach, and you know, in junior high, and I was really excited to be one. Uh, you know, and I, I felt real fortunate to be able to, you know, coach um, at the at the middle school or at that time junior high level in eighth grade, and had just absolute blast uh, doing it, and love being around kids. Um, you know, went from there, got a job at uh, at, at Dell City High School, um, local. You know, at the time it was a six A school in the Oklahoma City Metro. Uh, from there, I went to Union, spent two years there. Uh, from there, spent two years at Broken Arrow uh, with Co- one with Coach Walls, and enjoyed my time there. And, um, you know, then I, I kind of felt like I was, you know, ready to, to try to be a, a head football coach at the time. And um, you know, obviously, you don't ever know until you know until you try. And of course, once you do, that you know you find out a lot of stuff that you don't know. Uh, but you know, did that. I spent one year at a six A school, Sepulpa. Um, you know, then uh, last year I, I got a job at a uh, Dell City High School again as as the as the head football coach came back and then most recently this last year uh, got on at Choctaw High School and really excited about being here. That's really interesting. You say that uh, that you know you went from an outside job as we kind of say it outside job to coaching. You normally kind of hear the opposite happening. You see a coach that's been in it for a while and they decide to go into uh, a different field so they can make a little bit more money. So. How, what was the, the thought process? Obviously, like you said, it's just something you, you loved and wanted to do, but was that difficult to go ahead and make that leap and go into making, I'm sure, a little bit less money uh, as a coach and a teacher? Yeah, you know, absolutely it was. Uh, you know, I was in a position, I was single at the time, so it wasn't you know, as, as major of a decision because, like a lot of guys say, you know, the best time to risk a lot is when you have nothing to lose. And I didn't have a whole lot to lose. You know, it was just just me. If I had a sleeping bag, I would have been all right. You know, so I I was able to do it. Um, you know, but I, I tell people all the time, we, we have the best jobs in the world. And if I ever get to a point where I'm like, man, I, I go to work and say, I don't enjoy doing this. I don't like being around my coaches. I don't like being around these kids. I don't want to do this. I, I'm literally going to step down, you know, maybe that day. Uh, I don't ever see that happening. I don't ever want to retire. I don't ever want to stop, you know, being able to be around young people and, and being able to do what we do. Uh, I don't think I'll ever stop, God willing. Uh, and I, I really enjoy it. You know, it's a, just like you guys. Obviously, it's a passion of yours. And, you know, you get to do so many things throughout the course of a day. I just feel really, really fortunate and blessed uh, to be able to you know, not only accomplish things, you know, on earth, but, you know, eternally as well. You know, and so you, you have a job you feel great about very fulfilling um you know and I absolutely love it so it's it's been the best decision I've ever made coach you said you you started you know at a lower level program in in the eighth grade and uh honestly I I just had a couple of conversations with uh coach Alexander about this you know he, he finds it really difficult to find younger coaches that are willing to work in some of those lower levels when I got my start you know I I had to coach freshman football and I had to coach JV football and I thought it gave me a pretty good perspective on, you know, what it was going to take within the game. Can you talk maybe a little bit about, you know, kind of working up through the ranks, maybe some of the, the lessons you learned and maybe some of the importance of, of having some of that, uh, that lower level experience? I think it's huge. You know, I, again, I, I sound like a, like I belong in a retirement home or something with what I'm about to say. Cause I, you know, you feel, sometimes I say things, I'm like, man, I sound like an old guy, but uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I was yeah. ecstatic. To, to get a junior high job, you know, yeah. one of my first gigs, you know, it wasn't like, hey, I deserve this. I mean, I was so I was so happy to to have a, you know, a, a, as a head eighth grade coach. I mean, I remember being like, wow, you know, that's that's <laughs> awesome. And then then when I got my first, you know, uh, varsity 
uh, assistant job. You know, I went to a school that just came off a one and nine uh, seat. You know, and I'm like, I, you know, you felt I was ecstatic about that because I felt like, you know, if, if it was too much better than they, you know, wouldn't have hired me. I don't know, you know. So then you go from there to, you know, some bigger programs and learn a lot at the, at the top-notch programs like Union and Broken Arrow. Um, you know, and then I went from Broken Arrow to, to Sepulpa, which, you know, they came off of 0-10 team, you know, and it's funny because I'm like, you know, if they were better, they wouldn't have hired me, you know, but you know. <laughs> I needed to get a shot, you know, and I, I wanted it, I wanted the shot. And a lot of people, you know, I hear coaches at clinic stuff, like, you know, they're wanting to be a head coach. And they're like, man, that's a bad job. That's a bad job. And it's like, you know, just understand that the, the clock's ticking. And if you want to do it, you may have to turn a bad job into a good job. And, you know, and I, I've always loved that, that challenge of doing that. It's, it's, it, it's very humbling. Uh, and it was the best thing I've ever done. Um, and it makes me really appreciate a couple things. It makes me appreciate uh, quality coaches on your staff. It makes me appreciate, you know, administration that knows how to do things. And it made me appreciate kids uh, even more, you know, because I realized that, you know, it's, it, we're, we're nothing without other people. You know, you can have the biggest ego in the game about what you're doing, uh, but I promise you that, you know, you can be in a situation where you're going to struggle and you're going to be forced to rely on others. And, you know, if you don't believe that, then, then you haven't been in that situation yet because, um, you know, it's just very humbling and, and, and one of the best things I've ever done. Coach, coming as a, like you said, as an eighth-grade coach, now you're the head coach, so you, you've got, I'm sure, eighth-grade coaches of your own. Uh, how do you yep. – how do you get to evaluate those guys? You get really busy, I'm sure, during the season, but I, w- I would assume that would be who you're looking looking to to grow as coaches and, and race through your ranks. And, you, you know, maybe at some point you, you lose some coordinators or some assistant coaches that go on to get their own, get their own show somewhere. And so how do you evaluate those eighth-grade coaches? Um, and, and what do you look for maybe from some of your eighth-grade coaches? Yeah, you know, I I have some answers that may be a little bit different than, you know, some other guys and that, you know, I used to, you know, evaluate a coach off, you know, obviously wins and losses and you're looking at that. But, you know, we at Choctaw, you know, a little background, it's a really growing community. We have a lot of kids. Our lower ranks are just dominant. Uh, and so, you know, we've won conference championships from, you know, eighth grade down to first grade. Uh, and so they're, they're rolling. You know, we have kids um, in and the coaches are doing a great job. Uh, but, you know, I try to look a little bit deeper, and I want guys that that want to improve uh, is the main thing. You know, I don't really care so much about their knowledge level. Obviously, knowledge is always a plus, so I don't want to downsize that or minimize that. But I look for guys that want to grow, first and foremost. Uh, but, you know, most importantly, in my opinion, if you want to be a head, head football coach, you need to have relationship guys in the middle schools. And, and that's the most important thing over, you know, over how much they know. You better have guys down there that, that can keep kids involved because your number one deterrent, you know, as, as time goes on, is just lack of participation. You know, you can make a kid if you're a good enough coach in your program. You can, you can develop kids. But if they're not there, you can't develop them. Uh, and so having those guys that can form those relationships is crucial. Uh, I've seen, you know, obviously on Twitter, you guys have some – I think, I think it's J.D. from, from OU uh, that, that seems to be around your program quite a bit. Um, how, how nice is it to be able to, in a place close to Norman, have some, some guys that were big-time stars at OU now come back to your program and, and um, you know, be around some of your kids? 
Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it lets kids know that, hey, you know, this is possible. You know, I, I can see it. You know, I, I know a guy that's done it. You know, I've been there, done that. Um, you know, we have, you know, we run a youth camp. With, you know, Joe Mixon comes in on our, on our youth, youth camp and we'll make a, you know, cameo. And we've had, you know, guys that used to play safety at, at, at OSU, Dates One Lowe's, another local guy that's involved in our program. Um, you know, and we have we have as many guys around as, as we as we possibly can, you know, and that's a, for a number of reasons, obviously. One, you know, I like being able to pick those guys' brains and visit with them and you know, and, and two, it, you know, our kids love it. You know, they, they wanna, you know, have those guys around and just like you said, know that it's possible. Uh, for me to me be able to get there. And I don't think you can you know, kids cannot get the same message that you're sending to them in enough ways i mean so if you can bring in other guys to carry on your message that you and your coaches and your culture you're preaching um you know i think that's paramount to, to your success you know because eventually you know, those kids may may love you but you know it's it's never hurts to, to have that coming in from a from a different voice you know every now and then what are some of the things you guys are preaching culture wise you know what what's what's kind of the pillars you guys are, are trying to build Choctaw on coach yeah, it's it's you know as as I get older, that's that's what you know my off season has consisted of since the football ended has been just trying to become a better leader, you know, and and that's ultimately what your goal is. And so in you know, our culture, I got asked this question a while back about you know six months ago, and it's like, man, you know, hey coach, what do you guys stand for? And you're like, well, you know, integrity, hard work, discipline. But you know, you start rattling off all the stuff, and then I go around the room and ask my coaches. Hey, what what do we believe in in this program? And it's like they're all great things, you know. But next thing I'm, we know, we have 27 things on the on the the board, you know. And I'm like, man, you know, there's no way kids can, you know, you, you may display these things, but but everything to me needs to be simplified to kids. And so, you know, we preach what we call the gold standard. Obviously, our colors are blue and gold, and and gold to us stands for gratitude, ownership, leadership, and discipline. Uh, and our kids will rattle this off, you know, at, at nauseum. I mean, because we, we talk about it, preach it. It's on everything. It's on all of our clothes. We'll have, you know, the gold standard patch on our clothes. And, um, you know, and, and, I, and I truly believe that. You know, a lot of coaches, I shouldn't say a lot, you know, but you'll see some guys that, you know, want to try to do stuff or, you know, hey, this is what we do. But then if you ask a kid, they may not be able to know anything about what they supposedly stand for in their culture. And so we talk with our coaches, it's like, you know, we want to really help kids first and foremost, you know, and, and, and have kids be able to help them grow as men. Um, you know, number, one of the best things that you can do as a man is wake up every morning and practice gratitude. You know, when I wake up first thing in the morning, I'm like, thank you, God. And, and, and I try to do that every single day because it's just like, man, you know, when you, when you start off the day like that, like this isn't guaranteed, you know, you're, you feel real fortunate going into your day about all the things that you're blessed with, you know, and now that, that parent meeting may be a blessing, you know, whereas before that may not be, and that email may be a blessing, you know, and before it may not be. And, and so, you know, we, we talk about gratitude constantly ownership, obviously you guys are probably familiar with, you know, Jocko Willink's book, extreme ownership. I'm sure you guys have probably read that if I imagine, um, Brady, I imagine that you've, you've probably read that before. I haven't heard of it. Many a time. Uh, but, yeah, and, it, and it's like, you know, so that's another deal. You know, it's like, who's, whose fault is that? It's, it's my fault. It's your fault. It's our fault. You know, and so ownership, everything we do, if something's wrong with our program, it's all of our fault. If there's trash on the ground, it's all of our fault. If something's not like it should be, it's all of our fault, which means that we can fix it. And I think a problem with a lot of kids is, you know, excuses are great, but the problem with those excuses is the fact that I don't control my life. 
you know, I'm not where I need to be and I'm not doing something stupid because of Rowdy, you know, because of Brady. And, you know, in reality, that sounds good because it lets me off the hook, but that means someone else has control of my life as well. Um, you know, as so we talk about ownership, leadership, we define a servant leadership, um, you know, putting someone's needs above your own. Uh, and then finally, discipline, you know, do you have the discipline to do what you want to do or what you should do uh, when you don't want to do it? And then do you have the discipline to do it consistently? Um, and so, you know, we, we talk about this stuff all the time. We do what we call Real World Wednesday. I stole that from Urban Meyer, and we do that every – we're going to have one tomorrow. And, we, you know, right now it's on goal setting. Uh, but I'll bring in guest speakers. We'll go do community work. Um, you know, and we have our kids get up and present stuff in front of each other. And, you know, and they're in small platoon groups. We call them racks. You know, just like everyone does, we have rack leaders, and then we have rack challenges. You know, a lot of stuff are doing – a lot of guys are doing this kind of stuff. I think that, you know, not sounding arrogant, but I think that we're doing a pretty good job of it. We've invested a lot of time in it uh, and have some pretty good results with it. So that's that's what I'm really passionate about right now uh, with our program, and it's been a lot of fun. Coach, I love that you say – you talk about gratitude, um, mostly because it's been something that I've been working on this past, this past year, but um, I think it's especially – uh, crucial for kids. It's for anybody, but to be able to teach kids at a young age, and, and it's difficult with football players because they are bulletproof, and you know they feel bulletproof and six foot four and and, and all this stuff. But um, it's something I've been working with gratitude, um, you know. But to me, is, is being humble, and and that can be a really difficult thing to pick up at any age, but especially as a kid growing up. Uh, now you're a big time good football player, and. And, you know, how do you help your kids feel that gratitude? Because there's a lot of things that we can overlook and that I've overlooked my whole life. You know, what uh, I heard a guy speak, Coach Mullaney, we had him on the podcast before, but I've heard him speak before about how lucky that we were just to be born in America and not, you know, right. in, in a disease-ridden uh, country that you, you had no control over that. You're just lucky. You just were given a gift, like you said, just given a gift uh, by God to be born in America. And that's something that, you know, you don't think of day in and day out. Uh, how, how do you try to keep gratitude on the minds of your young, young men? You know, every Monday we, you know, we'll come in the team room. It's a every day, one twenty-five. they're dressed, ready, rolling their side seats. And, you know, you know, quick, give me something you're grateful for. You know, and you'll have about, you know, 30 hands shoot up, you know, and, and they've, they've kind of, they kind of get it now. And it's like, coach, I'm, I'm grateful. I have legs. You know, and that's like, man, that's silly. But it's like, how how hard would you run if those were taken away from you? Right. You know what I mean? And then you just got them back. How hard would you lift if you're paralyzed and now you just got that ability left? You know, got it back. Like, how 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 much would you appreciate all your teammates if they're taken away from you and now you got them back? And that's you know, that may sound silly to the average guy, but it's like, I don't want someday. You know, I'm laying on my deathbed and I'm going, man, I took all this stuff for granted. You know, all these things that I have, I took my wife for granted. I took my son for granted. I took my job for granted. The influence that we have on kids for granted. I took my position for granted. I don't want to do that. And I literally try to live each day like it is my last day. And I know that sounds, you know, maybe, you know, crazy, but I really do. I, I, I try to get up every day and I'm like, man, thank you. Thank you for this day. You know, I, I'm going to try to do the best of it and make the best of it and be a light to shine today for others, you know, where someone go, man, I'm glad I knew that guy, you know, and some days I do a great job and some days I don't, uh, but that's, that's my goal every day. And, and you just see where you're like, man, it's already, 
it's already Tuesday, you know, and the next thing it's going to be Friday and then it's going to be Friday again. And it's like, I stopped wishing days away, you know, because it, it, time is so, is, is so crucial and, and so, so short. So it, it helps me, you know, it helps me obviously when you're reminding kids and, and I think it helps us appreciate each other and be closer and a tighter knit, um, you know, team and, and my coaches, you know, will present things as well. And, you know, these are things we've agreed on and, and we have a really great staff and, and, and our kids. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. I mean, our off season, like, I literally look forward to it all day, being around our kids and just being able to, you know, spend an hour and a half with them each day. It's, it's a blast. I was watching a new show. I don't know if you guys have watched uh, Chain of Command yet on, on National Geographic, but I think you probably should check it out. Uh, they, you know, they got, they got the bomb-ridden uh, area of, of Mosul over in Iraq. And I had a kid today complaining to me about, you know, why do I need to learn chemistry, Mr. Walls? Why do I got to I gotta do this? And I'm like, you know what? There's little kids in Iraq who are crying because now their place finally gets cleared. And the reason that they're crying is because now they have the opportunity to go to school because ISIS got ran out of their town. Right. I mean, to, to me, I'm just telling my kids, I'm like, imagine that. You're complaining about chemistry. And here's a little dude that's crying because now he gets to go to school and see his friends again. So, I mean, there, there's so many cool lessons, just like you said, coach, I think, you know, waking up with that, that uh, idea of gratitude is just a huge impact on those kids because it permeates your whole program. You, you set the tone for that when they see you doing that, man. I and mean, it's awesome to hear that you got 31 dudes raising their hand to, to answer that question. Well, you know, it's it kind of a problem, and I know we're getting a lot of culture stuff. Like I said, that's kind of what I'm passionate about now is we, we did exercise, you know, during the season, and, you know, I won't get on real specifics, but basically, like, you know, our, our, our seniors have to get up and, and, and speak in front of the team. You know, it's a really cool ceremony, and, you know, and at some, it's like, man, this should be this should be awesome. And, and it kind of dawns on you that, you know, you take over a program and try to figure out, you know, what are, what are some good things? Every, everywhere has good things, everywhere has, has bad things. You know, there's things, obviously, you're constantly massaging and working on in your program. But, you know, kids, I think a change now is, is kids have a difficulty getting up and talking in front of their teammates because, you know, if, if you don't like me now, you don't like me in person. You don't like me on social media on about seven different venues of, of social media. Um, you know, you don't like me through, you know, every, you know, every channel that, that I, that's involved in my life. You may not like me on PS4, you know, on Xbox Live. You know, I've upset you on about every single way that I can't get away from. <laughs> And in kids, I think it makes them more reserved where they're scared to say, hey, you're wrong. You know, you're doing something wrong right now. This is how we do it in our program. And, and we had kids that couldn't talk in front of each other. And, and it, it was just like, wow. You know, it just opened my eyes. And I'm like, man, we, have, we can sit there and gripe about this or we can do our best to try to fix it. So we met as a staff for three weeks in a row. And, um, you know, after, after our season, it's like, okay, we, we complain about, you know, lack of leadership, but what are we doing to, to help that? You can't just yeah. sit back and go, man, kids these days, you know? And so we, we put yeah. together something that we think is pretty good and been pretty successful where, you know, we force like kids have to get up and talk in front of each other. And the other part of that is that they're going to respect that person that's talking to them. They may mm -hmm. disagree with that opinion, but they're going to take that coaching, you know, from that kid and they're going to listen to what they're saying. You know, because I say, if we don't support each other, who's going to support us? You know, no one's going to – the other team's not going to come in on Fridays and come support us. You know, they're not going to come and try to, you know, help out our message. It's like, you know, we're all we got. And, and our kids have kind of bought into that. And obviously we'll see, you know, what the results are on Friday in, in the fall. Uh, but I can tell you, you know, right now uh, our kids are, are more confident in, you know, being able to manage uh, each other and, and manage the program. 
Um, and you guys have all heard the saying, and these guys, I mean, my kids hear me wear it out, but, you know, bad teams, no one leads, good teams, coaches lead, great teams, players lead. And, you know, I'm trying to work myself out of a job. You know, I'm hoping the kids do not need me. You know, that's what we're trying to get to. <laughs> that's exactly right. I see that as an assistant coach even. Um, you know, you start – when you start getting older, you know, seniors that can lead – these sophomores on, on how to do things in practice or even in the weight room and, and you get that sense of pride about it or, or you hear them using the same words that you use, uh, you know, it's really cool to hear that because they're starting to say some of the things that, that you've always said. Um, Coach, a, a lot of the things that you're, you're talking about, you said comes down to, right, growing these, these kids into men and, and that's what you want to be able to get out of, of coaching is, is creating, uh, you know, boys or young men into, into men uh, for society, it seems like, and, and it's going to sound again like, like we're the old guys, but it seems like it, it's sometimes tougher now to, to prepare these kids to be men in, in the, you know, I don't want to say a soft society, but it's, it seems to be a little bit softer than it has in the past 10, 20, and, and definitely 50, 60 years ago. Have you found any difficulties in, in being able to talk to, not talk to these kids the way you want, but uh, to be able to instill in them what you want to be able to instill in them, what they need uh, to become men? Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the deal. And my, my theory on this is, is, you know, I've done this long enough now where I've kind of seen at least a decade's worth of work in, in kids. And, and I think that, you know, kids are the same. Parents are different. And, you know, kids are kids. A kid wants you to love them. A kid wants, you, you know, you to say something nice about them. A kid wants to please you. You know, that, that's, what, that's what kids want. You know, parents now, you know, be behind the scenes, you know, potentially, uh, you know, negating what a coach is saying. Uh, this isn't what I want to hear. Your AAU coach said that you, you know, we're going to be the next, this guy. And, you're, you know, and you get that kind of stuff from, from people. And so I think that, you know, kids have a little bit more difficult time maybe taking, you know, some criticism. So I think you have to, you know, be careful how you deliver that. Um, but, you know, I've still found that once kids trust you with, with that relationship, you know, they know that you have high character, they know that you're competent, you know what you're doing, and you have a connection with them, you know, they're going to play hard for you and, and be able to do what, you know, what you're asking of them. Uh, but, you know, I, I've seen more, you know, parents and for parents out there listening, you know, I, I talk to them about this and this obviously isn't a blanket statement uh, for all parents. But I've, I've seen parents, you know, not really adequately prepare their kids for, for life because they can't allow their, their kids. They have a hard time allowing their kids to go through adversity, you know, and, and this kid, if they're not the best at something, they'll either <clears throat> deny or disparage, you know, the, the remark or the coaching that proves that they're not or they just remove them from the sport. Um, you know, in either way, you're not really helping that kid because as you, as you all know, the, if you study the best players or best, you know, in anything, those guys have had failures and typically lots of them. Uh, and, and those guys continue to, you know, work on their craft and, and get better because of those things. Um, and, you know, I'm always a little bit suspicious of someone that everything's gone really, really well for their whole life, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's yeah, difficult right. to – to, to be able to establish that grit uh, that you're going to need because it's coming. You know, it's definitely coming. We talk kids, you're, you're in a storm right now. You're about to go into a storm or you just came out of one. I mean, that's life, you know, and so it's, you have to be able to prepare them for those things. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you seem like you got to find some of these, these guys with a, with a chip on their shoulder, 
that, that have some of that motivation, you know, and, you know, I, I think we're in such an important position because I think, I think all kids inherently want to be tough. You know, I, I haven't ever met a kid that, you know, that people, you know, I totally agree with you. You know I mean? There, there's, there's all these people that say, Oh, he's soft or he's this, he's that. I mean, he may be right now, but isn't that, you know, that's kind of our job to, to maybe pull that out of them, you know? And, and it's like you said, the best way to do that is to build a relationship with them and then show that dude that you love him and you got confidence in him. And I think once you yeah. build that, that confidence, that relationship with them, all of a sudden you'll see that kid, he'll start playing a lot tougher for you. I'll get a couple things in that. One, I know how you coach, Coach Walls and, and Coach Harper. Got, you know, I go to you guys all the time for, for questions on, you know, O-line play and, and just, you know, different offensive things. and got a great deal of respect for you guys, and I've seen, the, you know, the products that you put out. But, but me as a coach, it, when I sit there and say, hey, this kid's soft or this kid's soft and, and that kid plays for me, I'm saying I'm soft. Exactly. And I take a <laughs> that like gets the, the hair on the back of my neck stand up, you know, to say that when I hear coaches say that, I'm I'm like you you were you were talking about yourself because those kids reflect you. And if they're not how you want them, you better be devising a plan to try to fix that. <laughs> and you know, obviously everything's always a constant work in, in in progress, but you know, you better sit down at the end of the year and you're like, "Man, I struggled in this and this. That's my fault." I, I did a bad job at that, and I better be seeking answers for that because ultimately those kids are going to behave, act, play like how you allow them to do. And if you allow it, you're going to see it. But if you cut it out, you know, I promise you that win, lose, or draw, if you go coach 11 tough dudes that that love each other and, love, and you love them, love you, and you know that you're literally maximizing every drop of their talent, I don't care if I'm 0-10, I'm going to be extremely pleased and proud to be their coach. Um, you know, and, and those are some of my funnest, uh, you know, teams that I've been around as guys that, you know, maybe weren't real talented, but you felt like, man, if I get an alley, I'm taking these dudes with me because I know these dudes will die, you know, for each other. And I, and I do the same for them. And it's, those are kids I, I enjoy being around. So, you know, I, I get a little bit up in arms when I hear coaches talk like that, you know, about kids, you know, because again, you, you're always talking about yourself. I love hearing that. I don't think you hear that enough from coaches, but the the really good coaches that I've been around, uh, exactly like what you just said uh, with me with assistant coaches that I know that or coordinators that say, you know, my guys, how they play on Friday night is a direct reflection on, on me as a coach. And I think the guys that do think that way hold their guys to a higher standard. And I, and I think they are better coaches uh, for the most part from what I've seen. I know I've only been at, uh, you know, three, now four years, but from what I've seen, those are the guys that that are the best coaches are the ones that see it as a reflection on them and, and push their guys to get the best that they can from those guys. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be in this business, I mean, you better take that personally. I mean, you have to. Um, you know, and if not, then you're not taking much pride in your craft. Uh, you know, and again, guys, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm far from, from perfect, so I don't mean to preach that. You know, it's like every year I'm like, man, I did a bad job of that. You know, it's like we, you know, a few years ago, it's like we couldn't run outside zone at all. And I'm like, okay, well, they had a bad teacher. You know, <laughs> that's me. Huh. You know, and we, we threw, we threw a tor- terrible, you know, deep ball. Well, I, I did a poor job on some mechanics. I mean, you know, so you're trying to evaluate all those things every year and try to continue to get, you know, better at them. But it's at the end of the day, I mean, you know, players do make, make plays and, and I, you know, wholeheartedly believe that. But, but, if, if you're having a deficiency in some areas, you know, and unfortunately you have to, 
you know, talking about myself, look in the mirror and go, man, you know, I gotta, I gotta find a way to get better at this. We had, uh, we, we had coach Bunning on, um, you know, a few episodes ago and, and he talked about, you know, trying to go up to every player that, that was on his team on Friday nights and, and touching every single player that way, you know, he says that he can kind of engage with some of the kids that maybe won't play on Friday nights. Um, you know, which is something that I think most coaches, I know me included, something I'm trying to work on this offseason, but, you know, they kind of overlook the kids that may not be able to play for them this year or maybe not in the next three years because it's not doesn't directly involve, you know, their, them winning this game. But I think it's one of the most important parts is, is, you know, building a relationship with these kids because it's probably more important to the kids that maybe never will play, you know, football is to them. Than, than it is the kids that are going to go on and play in college because of what it means to these kids and how it helps them grow. Do you have any any ways or any reminders to yourself that that uh, help you not forget about some of these kids? I don't want to say forget about, but um, you know, really make you touch base with these kids that maybe even that some of them you can tell won't be able to help you win games on Friday nights. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's a great, a great question. This is something I just started doing this year. If you come to a game on Friday night at Choctaw, you see our guys in our stretch lines and my coaches are assigned stretch lines and they just walk up and down and physically touch every kid. And that's something that we started this year. And if you, you know, I got this from a, you know, they did a study on the NBA a few years back and, and, and they said that the team that had the most physical touches, handshakes, high fives, knuckles, whatever, uh, was the San Antonio Spurs. You know, in, in the, the team that had the least amount, I don't remember, but basically it was the rock bottom of the league. And if you think about how true that is, I mean, think about guys you enjoy coaching with, guys you enjoy, you know, your buddies or guys you enjoy playing with. I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're loving on each other all the time, but I guarantee you got a camaraderie with those guys. You know, and, and you, you felt comfortable enough with them where, you know, something happens, I'm going to celebrate with that dude. You know, and I'm going to make sure that I'm with, my, with that guy and I, I enjoy being around him because we know that, you know, we're comfortable enough with each other because we have a relationship, you know, through adversity and whatnot that, that you're going to, you know, have high fives and all that. And so every day when kids walk in the locker room, my coaches line up, we high five or knuckle hug every single kid, say their name, you know, every single time. And you have relationships with them and then before every kid leaves every day, high five, knuckle, hug. So every kid is physically touched at least twice a, a day, you know, and, 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 and we try to do that as much as, as, as you can throughout you know, in the weights, at practice, all those things. I became very cognizant of that because I want that kid that's never going to play to be as bottom as a kid that's going to be a three-year starter. And I want that kid to love, you know, coming and look forward to coming to football and make that the best part of his day every day. Because bottom line is you are here to help kids, period, not just help kids that can help you. Um, and, you know, we have that a lot with kids, and you mentioned some ways to try to do that. Um, you know, some me being an idiot when I was a younger coach, you know, I heard a coach say, you know, your value to this team is, is directly reflected to your proximity to the ball when the, when the referee blows a whistle. You know, and I used to say that. And I'm like, how stupid is that? You know, like I tell our kids all the time, your, your value to this football team is not how talented you are. Your value to this football team is how you committed you are to this, you know, and how much, how good of a teammate you are. That's your value to this team. You know, and so that everyone can do that. How hard do you try? Every kid can give effort. Every kid can have commitment. Every kid can believe in what we're doing. Every kid can do that, you know, whether he's the best or the worst. And we've had pretty good results with that. I've noticed that, you know, I mean, and we're not just saying this because I've had it. I've had an offseason. I'm like, man, I got, 
you know, it's, it's 10, 80, 10, you know, I got 10, high, 10% high achievers, 80% in the middle. I'm trying to sway. And then I got 10 that I need to get rid of, you know, and, and we got a group of about 60 kids right now in off season that, I mean, there's like, there's literally not a kid that's not in, you know, it's just fun to be around. And because you, in, in, in people, you know, there's the camaraderie that you have with those guys when, you know, arguably the least talented kid on your team is all in, you know, and it's a lot of fun to be around. I, you know, there's so many success stories about that, too. I mean, you find a lot of those kids are the ones that you end up, you know, h- hooking up with later on in life and talking to them about, you know, what they're doing. And, and they, they're able to, to maybe tell you a story about, you know, hey, Coach Walls, th- that time you, you believed in me, the, the time you kind of pushed me through something like that. I mean, just, just that one moment might be something that, that pushes you in that mode. Did you have anybody, you know, maybe when, when you were playing in high school or maybe you had a coach that, that was kind of a mentor maybe to you and, and pushed you in that direction that, that maybe kind of, you know, led you to do some of the things that you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure you could tell that. It's, uh, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, boy with the, you know, whole Corbin, you know, <laughs> life cycle. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, when I was a kid, I, you know, I, I, I got expelled in fifth grade. I was suspended every year from when I was in, uh, you know, started third grade till till my sophomore year. And, you know, the reason why I stopped is because is I had a really good high school coach and a guy named Gary Rose. Is, you know, he's won 10 state championships in the state of Oklahoma and just is a phenomenal man. Uh, I had him come speak. Yeah, I had him come speak to our team just, you know, a few weeks back. Uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't because I'm, I was scared of him. Is why, is, that's not why I stopped. It's because I disappointed him. You know, and I'm like, man, this guy, you know, takes an interest in me. He he checks on on how I'm doing in class. He checks on my teachers. Uh, you know, he's asking about you know what I'm doing on the weekend. He's asking, you know, he's he's involved in almost every facet of my life. Um, and you're like, man, I, I you know, this isn't about me. You know, it's a, it's about something bigger than me. And, and and you know, like a lot of kids that have you know relationship like that with with one of their coaches. I mean, you know, he literally would have ran through a wall for him. You know, and, 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 and the same thing he said. I mean, you know, he believed in me, and you're like, man, I'm not going to let that guy down. You know, and a lot of times as coaches, it's like, well, this guy better fear me. Well, I mean, you know, fear is one of the worst motivators that you can have. You know, love is always number one. And I tell our guys all the time, you know, how hard are you going to fight for your family? You know, versus how, how hard are you going to fight, you know, because you're scared, you know, or, or, of, of getting disciplined. And so, you know, that's stuff that I try to remember. And I think one of the best attributes – that I try to bring into coaching is I can remember being a kid, you know, and you try to hopefully yeah. coach like you wanted to be coached and, and coach like your favorite coaches. Um, you know, and ultimately, you know, you have to be yourself, but you know, if, if you're not doing this because you love kids and you want to try to develop young men, you need to be doing something else. Yeah. Cause the money's so good in high school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you wouldn't stop doing it though. Heck no, you know, I'd do it, and, and, I'd do it and, and, for free, man. Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And sometimes I'm sure you have those days, I'm like, man, I get paid for this. Like, this is stupid. Like, how do I get, like, this is, uh, sometimes I look at the mirror, I'm like, I, I get paid. I literally make my living coaching football. I mean, that is ridiculous. It's a game, you know? And it's like, yeah. you feel grateful that, that you have that as a, as a profession. You're like, only in America could that be your profession you know, where you're actually making enough money, you know, to have a good life and love what you do. And, and you literally coach a sport, 
you know, for, for your income is, it's pretty remarkable. They didn't even have a coaching position open up here when I moved. And I just said, I don't even care. I said, if I'm not coaching football, I'll go insane. And I'll, I mean, it'll be, it'll be bad for all involved. So, I mean, I literally, the, f- <laughs> the first year I was, I was like volunteer assistant. I didn't even care. And I had a blast. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Well, it's incredible how many people have to go to work and they hate it. I mean, they wake up and they're like, golly, the alarm's hitting again. I got to go to work again. And, and um, I'm lucky, and it's only been three years, but I'm lucky that, that I haven't had that. You, you get to go, like you said, coach, and, and you get to coach football. It was, it was a, a childhood dream for me, and now living that, and every day you get to get excited, and you get to be competitive every day, which is something that, you know, with, with some businesses, I think, or some jobs that you got to be in that you just – guys don't feel, and I think that it's something that, as guys, that it's just something that you enjoy, and that, that form of competition and camaraderie with – another group of men. Yeah, no, it's, you know, we, we, we do a little chant, you know, before we work out every day and, you know, get your juice going a little bit. And, you know, I tell our kids, it's not, you know, if I, you're not going to go to, you know, some insurance company on, you know, Monday at, you know, one o'clock and they're going to be going, you know, we sell insurance, we sell insurance. We, you know, and it's like, and they're fired up and, you know, guys are, you know, uh, going crazy and hooping and hollering. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, it's going to be, you know, we filed the papers. You know, that's not happening anywhere. You know, you're not excited. You're going, when's lunch? When's break? When am I off? When's Friday? You know, they say, no, I tell my kids, it's like, okay, then then here, 27 more years till I retire. Then then I have seven more years of my life before I die. I mean, and that's what some people go through. And I, and I made tw- I make twenty k more than you a year. I'm like, and you literally wasted the one life God gave. I mean, no, thank you. And then you're gonna be, you're gonna be still be pissed off when you go spend those seven years doing whatever it is because you're thinking about the twenty seven years I wasted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, thank you. And that's why I say this. I mean, I'm sure you guys are the same way. If I ever dislike my job, I will literally quit that day if I'm if I'm done because I'm not ever gonna do this thing that disservice and and you know waste my one life that I have. I mean, it's just I don't understand people that can do that. Well, the money's good. It's like you understand how much? How much is your life worth? <laughs> you know, that's uh, right. You know, I, I don't rec- I don't recommend selling it for for a, a couple a couple k more. <laughs> Dude, uh, there's absolutely no way, uh, Co- Coach Corbin. I know you're probably dying to talk a little a little bit of you know some some scheme stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. As as a head coach, okay. How how important is it for you to be able to marry up, you know, what you're doing offensively with what you're doing defensively and then maybe special teams wise? So, I mean, you know, it, 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 it probably makes sense, you know, say a team's a tempo team or whatever, they're probably going to have an attacking style defense where I've seen, you know, tempo teams and then they got a bend but don't break defense that's always on the field. I mean, how, how important is that? Maybe what are some of the things that you guys are trying to do in, in regards to that now that you are a head coach? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I've, I've, I've coordinated defense, I've coordinated offense. You know, I did defense two years ago, and I did offense this year, and I'm not a, you know, a guru at any of them, but I do believe in certain principles. And so I try to, you know, I turn it over our defense to a guy named Greg Bryant uh, as a defense coordinator. He does a phenomenal job, and he knows more defense than, you know, than I'll ever know. And guys devoted his, you know, recently his life to the 3-4, to the and he has some, you know, some three-by-one adjustments that I think are really, really tough on an offense and some two-back adjustments I think are really phenomenal. 
Um, you know, and so I, I went into, to, you know, I, I purposely sought him because I knew that, that he was doing that and, and I wanted to do it. And so, you know, it kind of started about two years ago. I saw Katie Tex. So I'm watching them in the you know, 6A state finals, you know, in, in, on, on ESPN or whatever it was at the time, Fox Sports, whatever it was. And I'm DVR and I'm watching. I'm like, man, what are they doing to, you know, just trips out, you know, and they're using the, you know, the, the weak side outside guys basically like, a, you know, a hybrid safety to try to rob post of one. They're taking the strong side outside backer and essentially kind of getting to a getting to a four two, and you know from a three four base and just throwing mm-hmm. some multiple looks where they're showing what you know people call lock coverage and or whatever you know you call it, where basically I'm locking one and playing palms on two and three, yep. um, and then they're getting getting back to like traditional load coverage and they're just doing some things and I'm like man and, and you know and that that may sound simple to a lot of guys but at the time that was the first time I've ever seen someone use the weak side outside backer as a third safety. You know, and I'm like, man, that's cool. You know, so I go, I go at the time, and um, my poor wife's been all over the country, you know, with me, and uh, just going to tug meet guys. And I, I get a hold of my superintendent at the time. He, like, went to college with the superintendent at Katy, Texas, and so I track down Gary Joseph's number, and you know, and I give him a call, and he agrees to meet me. So we drive down to to Katy, Texas, and spend a Saturday with him, just kind of getting his install and his rules and all that kind of stuff. And you know, here's me and nobody, and you know, he just comes off a state championship, you know, in Texas in the largest class, and he spends a Saturday with me. You know, and I'm like, man, you know, how cool is that? And, like, when a guy like that doesn't have an ego, you're like, as a first-year head coach at the time, I'm like, you know, my <laughs> any ego I had just went away, you know, because I'm like, that that was awesome. Um, and so, you know, I, I go back to your question. I got a – Greg Bryant does that, and he's, he's taking it a couple steps further, and – and it's really cool. So I, I, I try to offensively, or excuse me, defensively, I try to do what I hate offensively. And then offensively, I try to do what I hate from a defensive perspective. Um, you know, sometimes those work out, sometimes they don't. Uh, but I try to do, you know, what, what you believe in. And I think no matter what you do, especially the older I get, and I'll talk offense first, you, you have to have a system. And I know that sounds, you know, like, uh, yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, but, you know, a lot of guys don't. You know, meaning like if I, I can get you in a situation or someone can get you in a situation where it's like, man, you got the ace card. Like, I don't have an answer for this. Well, you know, to me, you're doing kids disservice, you know, when, when you do that. And, and obviously, you know, we've lost games. We've all lost games. So, again, I'm not, not coming at this from, you know, a deal like, hey, we're perfect. But it, at least in theory, we had an answer to combat how they're lining up and trying to take away what we're doing. We may not execute it. I may not have coached it well enough. All those kind of things factor in. But, you know, on the board and in theory, we have an answer to it. Um, and so that's all you try to do offensively from a uh, from that standpoint. I've, I've got to admire a lot of different offenses. I think Link T is really cool. been studied that a little bit recently. And, you know, not going to dive into it, but I like some of the principles. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm dabbling around the idea of having a four-play flex bone package yeah. for short yardage. You know, and just because it's just cool. You know, you're like, man, if you do this, they're doing that. If you do this, they're doing that. If you try to shut it down, this, and they're going here. You know, and you're like, man, you know, that that's cool. You know, they, they have they have answers to things. You know, you saw, was it was the Navy this year in the bowl game? They won it without throwing a pass. Yeah. I mean, good for them. You know, and it's like guys will hate on that and be like, man, these guys are so boring. But it's like, these guys have a system. You have to respect the fact that they have a system. I don't – we're not going to sell out and do that. I don't – that's not what we do. But – you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, and defensively, you know, you better have an answer for how an offense is going to line up. And so we went away from being super attacking uh, to, you know, where we have some wrinkles. But, you know, our if you come, you know, watch one of our games, I mean, our kids are making, 
you know, probably 85% of the calls on the field because that, that's just our checks. And then we, they know going into this game that, you know, we're going to have three checks to this formation and this backfield, and, and we're plugging in, you know, this check and this check this week. And they call, you know, based off this leverage of two or whatever it may be. You know, and so it's it's. I think that allows kids to play really, really fast. I think when you're, in my, just in my opinion, uh, when you're, you know, just a super hyper attacking team constantly on defense. I don't. I haven't, in my experience, seen those teams win championships. Um, and so, you know, we. I, I don't necessarily believe in that. Uh, I think you have to teach kids how to play. If you're constantly trying to, you know, maneuver them and 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 you know, and you're telling them which gap, and they don't really understand the concept of the play and how to stop and fit their gap properly. And I think you can get in some situations you guys know as offensive guys where now I'm moving gaps and, you know, and and, and I'm throwing extra, you know, blockers in across formations or whatnot. You can get kids in some bad situations. So. You know, very long answer is I, you know, I like to try to do what, what I dislike on both sides of the ball, <laughs> you know, and on our team. And you try to find guys that are good at doing things that you don't like, you know, and that, and that helps you out. Coach, what were you, um, this is, you know, a question for me, obviously, as an offensive line coach. And, and uh, so I get real, real amped about run game. But what was your guys' uh, your best uh, run scheme for this year? And why do you think you guys, uh, executed it so well ah, you know again you're gonna know the answer to this it's whatever you you know whatever you emphasize you know what we emphasize is just one back power you know or a dart as people call it um you know and, and why why we're good at because we have simple rules and we do it every day you know and so we we've ran a lot of you know q dart out of empty um you know a lot of 10 personnel uh, dart and we did obviously have true you know block down kick out wrap and pull you know power uh, but, you know, we didn't emphasize it as much and weren't as good at it, you know. But my deal is like, you know, what's your system? Well, you know, and you guys know as coaches, you know, you get parents or whatever, you know, coach, you know, throw it or run it, you know, and you're like, well, I, you know, <laughs> let me see what, what what kind of box we're getting. You know, if we're getting, if we're getting a light box, I'm never going to throw the ball. You know, if we're getting a heavy box, we're going to throw it much. And, you know, so if you can get teams to give you that five-man box, I mean, to me, it's, you know, if you can stay on schedule, you know, with with your play calling and not get behind with penalties and negative yardage. I mean, you know, that stuff's you know is is really really good. So we're working on, you know, our 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 center and and and, and guard, um, you know, combos versus an odd front, and you know, getting our, our our guards really good at skip pulling and you know understanding when you know get our tackles understand when that guy's coming in. You know, hey coach, this outside linebacker's locked down on me for some reason. What is this four gonna do? Yeah, you know, like <laughs> that's you know, right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, kids like, you know, like, please understand this at some point, you know. So, you know, obviously, well, you know, them do the do tackle dart. We, you know, I started doing a deal where I know that you guys in the past, and I haven't spoken to you about it in years, but, you know, I know you used to, you know, have a tag for it. We started just calling it a different play, you know, because it just, uh, it just allowed us to go faster. We're I'm taking less off the offensive line. Um, and, you know, and again, just our philosophy, but it allows – you know, the kids to kind of just like, well, we call is what they do, um, you know, make things a little bit easier. I, I agree on the other the other side of the coin that, you know, if you if you can slow it down and you get your kids to be great communicators and out coach themselves out there, no question, really good. But, you know, we just had even front rules, odd front rules. And, you know, you jump down to even front, we're still going to run one back power and, and pull it. And, you know, front side guy's going to block one and one and two and a choke back on backside one and, you know, I'm a hinge on backside too, and I'm a wrap to the frontside backer. And and if they got six in the box, then we're going to RPO the the backside guy. 
you know, with some kind of stick concept. And, you know, and it's, uh, we, we have pretty good success with it. And our kids understood it, you know, pretty well and were able to kind of go fast. You know, I think coaches get themselves in a bad situation where it's like, coach, they, they jumped into an odd front. You know, it's like, okay, well, what are your rules? You know, we literally do this. So the art Monday practice is a Monday practice, you know, whether we're going against, you know, Broken Arrow or we're going against uh, Shawnee, you know, whatever, because it's like we're going to we're gonna cover it odd front. Uh, you know, during team we work some more specific stuff, but, you know, our kids work, you know, odd on, on Monday and Wednesday and work even on, on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, you know, and during team get in, in Indy get – or excuse me, on inside get more of a mix of what the team's actually doing. But, you know, we'll work – you know, odd and cover three, and then Tuesday, Thursdays, we're working even and, you know, in, in two high structures, you know, and then we work, hey, I've obviously have goal line periods for man and whatnot, but it's just, you know, I don't ever want to get caught off guard when you get in a situation, because there's only so many ways to skin a cat versus what you line up with, because you dictate your formations offensively, and so, you know, I, I know what someone's going to give you, you know, I mean, it doesn't, again, I mean, you have all the answers and all that stuff, I'm not saying that, but there's only so many ways to skin a cat when you limit your formations. Coach, you talk, as I say, you you talked about uh, you know ha- having a system and having you know answers for things. You, you'd already kind of answered it. But wh- what are some things maybe you, you know you did to, to kind of help protect your your one back power play? I know you talked about RPO. You know, was it was some, some other things you maybe did off that to to make it kind of a series or a system? Man, I'll tell you, the best thing we did this year was was running now screens. And, you know, it's like, man, coach, everyone does that. Everyone runs bubbles. Everyone does that. But we started doing them out of just some non-traditional formations and some, you know, uh, like, so if we're in 10 personnel, we, we jump into unbalanced quads, you know, basically it's simple. Mm-hmm. as just a tag of bringing the guy over from three by one to now you're four by none, you know, with 10 personnel, um, you know, and then depending on the leverage of the, you know, of the, the nub corner and that safety, you know, we'd run Q ISO, Q power, Q split zone, uh, you know, or if we're limiting and, and we think the guys with safety's back deep enough and, you know, we're going to hand off, you know, inside zone, you know, dart. Uh, we ran a little bit of one, one back counter as well and read it. Um, you know, so it's all, it's all a numbers game. I mean, I know that's not revolutionary, but I mean, that's what it is. You know, guys these days, I think, you know, back in the day, I think coaching football is a lot harder, to be honest with you, when it's like, hey, I'm going to call a run. And if I call 28, toss and they, and they have 70 guys off the edge I'm screwed you know and like now it's like you call a play I mean you have an answer built into it with you know either an RPO that, that you've tagged or you know or, or your kids can bill you out of it a lot easier now because I can get you get in formations where what are you going to see well coach I'm going to see a 4-2 or 3-4 period I mean you know we we, we see one team that runs an odd stack uh, which is still 4-2 principles and, you know, so you don't really see that much variation. And so I think you can better prepare your kids for, for defenses, um, you know, and have built-in protections. With that said, I'm always quick to say, you know, obviously no one has answers to everything. You know, I'm not a, a guru at that. You know, kids have to execute. But, you know, I think that you can try to, you know, control the box by formations. But, you know, you better be able to stretch it, you know, vertically, horizontally as well. Mm-hmm. You talked about, you know, practicing against all different types of defenses through the week, no matter who you're playing. Like you said, either uh, – d- didn't matter what defense you're going against. That was the best thing I think I ever picked up from Walls was uh, when I – my first year, he had me an inside. It didn't matter who we were going against. He made sure that we were running our top plays uh, against odd, against even, against some bare looks, against 
um, like you said, just about any imaginable way that they could line up to those certain formations. And I was drawing those up um, on cards sometimes. And sometimes Coach Walls was just, uh, you know, getting them in that defense. But that was one of the biggest learning points for me, not only figuring out what defenses the other team could get in, but preparing my guys for the inevitable when you're, when you're doing well in a game, they're going to jump in something that, that you weren't prepared for them to jump into and, you, and your guys are already ready for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in theory, you better have an answer to, to what they're going to do and you got to be able to kind of, I think it, it's helped me out tremendously coaching defense, um, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, so you start, you know, you, you have a new play or, you know, obviously nothing's really new anymore, but you're like, man, I think we're going to be more heavy on split zone this year. You know, it's like, okay, well now, now I can't dig out that whoever that five technique is, you know, it's like, well, now I better have some form of, you know, where now I'm slicing that guy around and be able to read him and run the queue or, you know, or have some type of answer to be able to, you know, build an account for that. You know, because you'll see, see guys like, hey, we run power encounter. Well, you better run something outside too, you know, because if that four eyes just keeps crashing and, and just killing your guard nonstop and, you know, or getting penetration and you, you know, they're sending two off the edge and spinning. I mean, you better have something to get, get, get the edge in a hurry or you're not going to have a complete offense. You know, and then you also, okay, the safety keeps getting involved. Well, you better make him pay. I mean, you're going to have to have something to be able to hold that guy. And so what we always try to do, I always use an analogy. It's like, it's like going on vacation to me from now until, until May is you're trying to pack a suitcase, you know, essentially for the season. And you better pack light, but you better pack efficiently. And so, you know, it better be something you can teach. And on paper, you have an answer to what a defense can do to stop it. Uh, but you also can rule it out, meaning – you know, your kids can memorize the rules to the play where it's simple enough uh, to where you can still execute it quickly. Um, you know, and you'll see some some guys that just like, you know, they, they don't have an answer for, for certain stuff. And, you know, and I was one of those, you know, at, at a point. And, and you kind of learn from those pretty quickly. Coach, what was kind of your number one you – you guys kind of number one, you know, shot player or launch play, you know, get people up off you. I think you got to be able to throw a few of those a game, right? Especially if you want to be able to, to keep that, that five-man box, be able to run the ball a little bit. You know, what was one of the best things you guys did to, to keep them up off you? Yeah, two things. You know, we, 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 threw, we threw comeback really well, you know, which isn't sexy. But, you know, we worked on it really, really hard, you know, especially getting guys that, you know, that those the third and twelves, you know, that, that everybody hates, that, that are difficult. Um, you know, one that, you know, we've ran together, Brady is, you know, the post one out two, you know, just a palms beater, um, you know, always, always on time. Um, and we ran our shallows pretty well. You know, we started, you know, just the shallow concept that everybody runs, uh, you know, for two by two, just, you know, shallow by one corner by two. And then the other side, we, we paired it with a double post combo. And so, you know, if, if, you know, obviously we're getting a low safe, you were green lightning, and, you know, boarding the shallow and just cranking the, you know, the double post concept to the other side and, and then, you know, you can start tagging that with some with some tailback wheels out of the backfield and whatnot if those backers keep trying to pipe in and, you know, get a little bit nosy. But, you know, this this is going to – you guys are going to kick me off the podcast here for what I'm about to tell you, and this is going to make any, – any old line coach is, is going to, you know, just roll over in the grave right now. And, and we're going to we're gonna correct that this year. But, you know, we only had a five-man protection this year. And the reason is because I sent the tailback in route every single snap. And, and right. we gave up three sacks. I say, well, hey, if, oh, he, yeah. if he can't if he can't protect, why leave him in to protect? 
<laughs> well, my deal is this. I said, you get to a point where it's like, I can go and scream with this kid and spend 25 minutes a week talking about different six-man protections. And if he does this and this, and if this backer goes, but he, he drops and take him and da-da-da. Or you can send him out and you understand that, like, someone has to account for him. And if, if you don't account for him, you know, then you make them pay. Um, and, you know, is it perfect? No. Uh, yeah, we're going to actually, you know, be a little bit, you know, more complicated a year from now. But just time you take over a program and you're building some concepts and all this. It uh, worked out pretty well for us. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of funny because, you know, my line guy's like, okay, that's simpler on us. Yeah, but I can tell you what, real, you know, bought in out of the first. But, you know, we had a – didn't have like a real true tailback. We had a kid that's kind of like a receiver at tailback. And so I was like, Hey, let's go empty. And if we're not going empty and we're going 10, I'm going to send him out into the, into the concept anyways. And, you know, if there's not a backer peeling with him then we're throwing to him, you know, and it's a, uh, it's like a lot of what novice guys don't understand. And the guys in the stands is like, you know, why do we love Q run game? Well, you know, the offense is always down one, no matter what. And now if that guy is blocking and, you know, or if I hand the, all off the quarterback's not blocking anyone so I'm minus one and now I got a guy carrying the ball so I'm minus two so now I'm nine versus 11 you know and, and so you try to just find ways the best ways you can to get the best numbers that you can Harper you, know, you ever do that it, at Houston who did it a lot but <laughs> like you say at you know in Oklahoma your running back can't cut linebackers so um which to me is still crazy that that's a rule but um they just have to sit there and take it so like you said if if Instead of beating your head against the wall, you know, uh, I'm going to go out there and catch the pass. Especially if he's not very big. I know right now, the, 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 yeah, the best you can do is go plus one on me, you know, now. And that's the best you can do. You, you can send a six-man pressure now if you want to be sound. You know, and that, that's the best you can do. I got five to block him. You're sending six. You know, and that's the best odds I can get. Yeah, and usually if you got a pretty athletic QB, I mean, he makes one dude miss. Now you're in real, real, having real problems. So, I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm again. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that's a gospel. I'm not prepared to go give a clinic and drive around the country. You know, saying that that's the best thing in the world to, to be able to do. Uh, but you know, it did get us through a you know a season with with pretty decent you know surprising you know kind of results. And you know, and I, was, I was you know kind of makes me chuckle a little bit, and I was kind of proud of it. You know that you know it's like hey, you said him. I mean, we're gone, baby. So say it all you want, but you better be covering this dude because he's <laughs> he's out. We threw to him a bunch. Coach, kind of finishing finishing this up. Um, I just got two questions, but um, when you're looking to hire uh, for all the offensive line coaches out there, when you're looking to hire an offensive line coach, and I think you have a few times as a head coach, um, what are you yep. looking for um, in your offensive line coach that you're that you're wanting to hire? What are you looking for in the interview pr- process, or what are you looking for? What type of guy are you looking for? Yeah, well, two things. You know, the first and, and, and maybe the most important. I think offensive line is a you know position like no other. You know I got a huge amount of respect for not only offensive line coaches but offensive linemen. And you better be able to be a coach that can create that that pack animal mentality. You know where those kids depend on each other and they're different. You know they're special. Like those guys are are special not as individuals but special as a unit. And you better have that relationship with them where you're prepared to know that it's not just say coach position and you go home. I mean, you know, you better be a guy that's going to go and you're going to have, you know, hog dinners and you guys have your own shirts and you guys hang out after practice and you watch film together. You have your own meeting place and you guys are truly a unit. You know, I think that that's, you know, the the best unit 
in football is the offensive line. And, and it's, it has to be a guy that, that understands that. It has to be a really good relationship guy. Um, you know, and then secondly, it better be a guy that's, that's meticulous about his craft. You know, and I, I love listening to, you know, you, Coach Harper, and, and you, Coach Walls, and listen to, you know, you guys, you know, you're, you're passionate about running power. I mean, well, that makes me passionate about it, you know, because you believe in it so much that it's contagious. And, you know, and I love that, you know, you've taken the play and, you know, and you you guys have, you know, names for scenarios that are going to happen when you block it. You have, you know, answers to how a defense is going to try to stop it. And, and your kids know, you know, how to block it versus 9 million different fronts. And, you know, and I think that you have to have something that you believe in. And as a head coach, you know, I joke with my wife about this. I may be like, man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a pinnacle guy. You know, I'm not this, I'm not whatever. You know, for example, but if a guy comes in and is like, listen, coach, I run pit and pull, and, and here's why. And you start going off, and if they do this, I'm doing this, and my rule is this. And that, 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 that. Well, all of a sudden, I become one because I believe that it in, in, in you and your belief is contagious. Um, and if you can teach it and you have a Ph.D. in what you do, you know, I'm, I'm in. And so things that we do are things that I know. Um, I'm always trying to learn more, obviously. Uh, but, you know, the reason why we do a lot of stuff we do is I feel like I can teach it really well. And so if offensive line, you know, we when I bring in a guy and hire a guy, Ethan Fearborn does a great job for us. Um, you know, he's coached at SMU, Southern Nazarene, and a couple of the plays around the Metro, young coach, does a really good job. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a huge inside zone guy. Okay, well, we're going to be an inside zone guy. You know, and I'm being inside zone team. But if I feel that you can completely teach it and you can teach me to where you have a level of mastery at it, then I'm all in, you know, and, and, but you think it's important to remember in the hiring process on the other end, if I'm a guy interviewing for a job and a coach is wanting me to do something I'm not comfortable with, you know, that's maybe a red flag as well, because I think you have to go with what your wheelhouse is and go where that is. I, I love that you say that uh, as well. You know, our head coach, uh, Broken Arrow, David Alexander, um, for everybody else that doesn't know, but you know, he was in the NFL. And so I got really lucky to, come into that area because he does make it such a big deal uh, with the offensive line, obviously, because, because he gets it. So I think it is important, like you just said, for head coaches to realize um, how different that group can be and to, to let them um, kind of breed that mentality and, and let that offensive line kind of be a cornerstone of your program. I think that's what a lot of the big teams that you see in college football especially are you know, their cornerstone is having a big, really good offensive line that kind of runs the team, runs the offseason, and, and I think that is important and, and something I got lucky uh, in having. My, my last thing, Coach, is kind of what I always leave everyone off with asking, but you're, you watch a lot of film and, and you've seen a lot of offenses. When you are watching film and you see an offensive line and you're watching an offensive line, what would they do that would make you think highly of their, their coach? Ah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, in the offensive line, I'll speak on that because that's what you asked. But you guys know when you're watching film, it's like, man, these guys always have really good receivers. Man, these guys always have a really good quarterback. They always have really good safeties. Well, they probably have a really good coach, you know, and, and, and you give kids credit when credit's due. But I think that, you know, some people kind of like, well, they have athletes or they have this. Well, someone's doing something right, you know, every time. Um, and so, you know, the number one thing I look at is, you know, what are the kids' motors like? Um, you know what? What's their what's their uh, their effort level? 
um, you know, are, are, are they all, you know, symmetrical or all their hands down correctly, you know, or are they all in the right, the same stance? Is there, is there, is there, you know, their, uh, their, their splits correct? Are they, you know, are they able to adjust, you know, all those kind of things? How, how do they communicate double teams? I mean, you're looking at all those kind of things and it's pretty quick to tell us if kids are coached well, you know, and I would say, you know, when kids aren't coached well, it looks like, you know, someone like, you know, pushing a shopping cart down an aisle. You know, they're not, it's kind of all out of control and, you know, their, 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 their chest is all over their toes and, you know, and they're going to get, you know, head slapped and all that kind of stuff. And, and then you see guys that are really sitting back and really understand leverage and how to use their bodies correctly. And, and you start watching those and it's, I mean, it's extremely, you know, I think that the casual fan can, can pick up on, on those things, especially in, in high school football. Um, you, you know, and then you see a kid that like has no business playing well that's a really good player you know and you're like man how's this kid's 5'11 and weighs you know 220 and is pretty sloppy but yet you know just has phenomenal technique and is able to play at a high level you know and those are guys that you know that you try to surround yourself with and, and you get a chance to hire them you better hire them and then try to hang on to them great well coach thanks a bunch for for giving us an hour of your time hopefully we we didn't keep you up uh, too late but uh, we really enjoyed it. I know I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure Walls did too, but I enjoyed it. I love being able to hear from, from guys uh, that have that've kind of worked their way up and now are at, uh, you know, what, what every coach wants to, looks to be uh, one day probably, you know, as being a head coach. Well, I appreciate it. And like I said, I, anytime, a great deal of uh, respect for you guys and guys out there listening. They don't need to know that. You know, like I said, you guys are two that I always go to, and we we talk ball. And if I have a question about something, and I think that you know, you guys will most likely have the answer and enjoy visiting with you about life and ball and and everything. And I appreciate what you guys are doing for the sport. That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Team Attack Academy and Audible. Go get your free audiobook at rtpbook.com. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.